we're going to go ahead and get started today. Um, are you guys having a wonderful morning so far? Yes. I mean, aren't we blessed to be able to have this resource <laughs> here in Ohio? I mean, it's just amazing to hear just so many people being encouraged. And so that's the goal for today, is for you to leave here to th- this atmosphere, this time frame, encouraged and equipped really where you're at. All right. And so thanks for coming here. My name is Michelle Thompson and um, I am a pastor and I'm also a leadership coach. And so I love being able to be in atmospheres like this where we can teach and train and really develop people where you're at. So you're at the right place today if that's what you're what you're wanting. All right. Um, so we're talking about the topic today is called the impact of one. Mm, so good. Heighten your effectiveness right where you are. Now, this is centered kind of around like management, office management, admin. But the bottom line is, regardless of your title or your position, this is going to go for you regardless if you're at the top or at the bottom or anywhere in the middle, all right? Because really, we all need to become more aware of our impact, all right? So at some point in history, it only takes one, really, to make a difference, right? I mean, when you look at the life of Jesus, what he did over all of his life, right, has made an impact still to this day. And I know all of us in this room, that's our goal. Ultimately, we want to have a life that impacts, that looks something like Jesus, right? And so if you wouldn't mind, before we just kind of get into the notes today and just into the information Let's just say a word of prayer, right? And let's get our hearts just really open to what God wants to have us here today. Jesus, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for just times, moments where we can just hear from you. Lord, we ask today that you really just encourage the hearts that are here, that they are important, that they are valuable to wherever they're at, whatever position, whatever title, whatever organization, that they have an influence and an impact. And Father, I thank you for that, Lord. And I pray that as they leave, they will see their role, their calling, their anointing differently, Lord. They'll leave with encouragement to go and to make a greater impact than what they have in the past, Jesus. We thank you so much. In your precious name, amen. Well, I have been in Ohio for 12 years now. I was called here, um, and amazing opportunity to be here in the state of Ohio, and God has done so much. Um, I'm at a church in Elyria Cross Community, and I've had some different roles there, Um, but God will use you wherever you're at if you're willing, and if you can forget the titles and just say, God, I'm here to be used, then God will use you. Like, I'll give you an example. When I was hired to move from California to come to Ohio, my job that I said yes to was associate pastor. And so when I moved here, literally about six months later, we were sitting around staff, and our lead pastor at the time was saying, hey, we're losing people in the church because we don't have a, a like technical children's program. We had a wonderful volunteer who was doing the best to facilitate children, but we didn't have anything that was really making a difference. And he said, would you be willing, okay, that's the word, would you be willing to take on the children's ministry? And I remember sitting there in my head and my heart, like at the table, and I didn't say this out loud, but I said, no, you know, but I've always been the person that said, I want to make an impact. I want to make a difference. And it shouldn't matter what the title is, right? I just said, Lord, I'll be willing. And so I told him I would pray about it. And of course, when we pray about things, what does the Lord do, right? He reformulates our hearts so that obviously that's what he wanted me to do. And so 
Over the last, you know, 10 years or so, we have developed a children's ministry that has the heart and passion that I'm gifted in, which is leadership. We have a culture of leadership in our children's ministry that everything funnels through. And so even though it took me probably a good year and a half to be okay with it, once I did, the, the, the floodgates opened up. And so again, that's why we're talking about this today, because the impact of one is great, but you have to, you have to be okay with sometimes your job might be in the shade. It might not be on the top. You might not be on the stage. You might not get all the glory and the accolades. But if your heart really is Jesus, it's all about you, then it's amazing what God can do through that. So, like I said, at some point in history, it takes one. It only takes one to be the voice, the genius, the pioneer, the advocate, the leader, the one who ends up changing history. So one truly is a powerful number. So here's a question for you. What do you want to be known for as a person? You see, someday you and I, we will pass on to eternity, right? Our time on this planet, our time to make an impact will be over. Eventually, our lives will be summarized into a single sentence. What will yours be? What will people know you as? If you live intentional, people won't have to wonder what that sentence will be. Eleanor Roosevelt said a quote like this, Life is like a parachute jump. You only have to get it right the first time. (laughs) All right? And so what we're going to talk about today is two different areas. The first area is going to be a personal area in making an impact, and the second one is going to be practical, okay? So just so you know where we're going. Two areas. So the first thing I want to talk to you is about legacy, all right? Because if you really want to make an impact wherever you are, you have to go big. You have to go long-term. Like, do you want to be a person that lives legacy? Well, when you define legacy, it's defined as this, anything handed down from the past. You see, legacy, what you're going to leave behind, it's like fingerprints. Everybody look at your hand right now, okay? We all have different imprints on our hands. If we were to come up here on my iPad and put your fingerprint, yours would be different. Everybody's is special and unique to them. Interesting, because that's how God made us. So wherever you're at, whatever job, whatever role, nothing is too small and nothing is too big. You're there because God wants you to personally, right, make an imprint on that area. And if you're there right now and you're wondering, God, why am I here? I don't understand. If you truly are somebody who surrendered your will to the Lord, then just say, God, I don't understand, but I'm just going to trust you. All right? Because there's a reason why you're there. But be a person of legacy. The sum of how you live each of your day, each of your days becomes your true legacy. Now, this last week and a half or so ago, we celebrated the life of Billy Graham, right? And when I was working on this, I didn't originally have some of this in here, but I, it was too important to not add it in, in there. But there's a quote by Billy Graham that says this, The greatest legacy one can pass on is not money or other material things, but the legacy of character and faith. All right, so again, he's telling us, man, if you want to make an impact at whatever job, you might be a janitor at a high school, and you might volunteer at your church. It doesn't matter. If you have character and you have faith, again, that is going to make an impact where you're at. Billy Graham is the perfect example of somebody who was aware of his impact. All right, He was larger than life. Literally, he was known as legend, spiritual giant, Christ follower. And even though he lived his life this way, he was just an ordinary man. 
Literally. Literally ordinary. Every single one of us in this room is ordinary, just like he was. But for whatever reason, he surrendered his life to the point that God was able to really use him and bless him. Not because he was extra special. Do you guys get that? Look at the person at your table. They, you are all have the potential to be Billy Graham. But he just surrendered his life to the point that God was able to trust him with such largeness. But he didn't start out that way. He didn't start that way. So don't, small beginnings are not bad. God is not looking for all stars. <laughs> He's got it, right? He already has an all star and his name is Jesus. There's only one job for that. He is looking for ordinary people who will follow the all-star Jesus with an unwavering heart. So you want to make a difference at your job, in your ministry, in your Wednesday night class? Then follow Jesus with an unwavering heart and just be willing and let God fill in the blanks. So how do, how do ordinary people come to make a big impact? So that's a question for all of us, right? So let's talk personally. So number one, and that should be in your fill-ins, is this. Choose today the legacy you want to leave. Choose it. You know, I had many people in my life who have made huge impacts that literally have changed me. My grandmother, my second grade teacher, my pastor's daughter. These people, talk about legacy, right? They imprinted their love for Jesus, their life of prayer, their kindness to people. They're never settling for second best, working hard. These things became things that literally branded me as a young person. All right? So at our jobs, at our offices, wherever you're working, again, do you see the power that you have as an individual? You don't have to be the top person to make a difference, to make an impact. It can start right where you're at. These things taught me that I wanted to be a great pastor, a great coach, a great communicator, a great leader. They basically helped me understand that my calling was to add value to people. But that came because that I saw their life in front of me. They walked it out in front of me to a point that made me go, I want that. Are you doing that wherever you are? Whatever your position is, wherever you're serving, wherever you're hired on, secular or uh, Christian church, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because we're called to make an impact wherever we're at, we are, right? The second thing is live today the legacy that you want to leave. You got to live it. It's one thing to identify, but it's another thing to pass it on, to give that away to people. The greatest guarantee that you will leave the legacy is shown in how you live, how you act, how you talk, how you love how you interact with your coworkers. These are things, these are things of how you witness, how you show Jesus. John Maxwell says it great. The secret to a person's success is determined by their daily agenda. What you do on a daily agenda affects everything else. There was a study, um, which they did of about 50 people over, I think they were age 95. They were asked this one question. It said, if you could live your life over again, what would you do differently? And so the statistics came back, and here's kind of the three themes that emerged from these, these people who were obviously older in age. Three themes that they wanted to do better. They wanted to reflect more, risk more, 
and to leave a legacy. Reflect more, risk more, and leave a legacy. Wow, doesn't that change a lot? Change our focus on what we're really trying to do? It's not money, it's not positions, it's not popularity, it's not who's the coolest. It Reflect more, spending more time with God. I believe Billy Graham even was asked that question and he said he would read the Bible more. <laughs> wow, you know, like that's amazing. But to reflect more, to risk more, they would have taken more time to do things that they love. And leave a legacy. They would have been a person that said, at this job for this time, this is the impact that I want to leave. Being intentional about the kind of person that you want to be where you're at. And again, I know it's tough, you know, when you're serving in things where you feel like maybe you're getting overlooked or maybe you're in a position and you're like, but I want to be over here because this is where I feel like I should be or this is where my giftings, I feel like they work out better over here. But for whatever timing, you're here. And it can be challenging. And sometimes God has us, I call it, he has us in the shade because he's working in us and our character and developing things in us that we need. And so sometimes we, we need to not be on the stage so that he can work in us so that he can change those things so that we can then be a really a vessel that he can really truly work through, right, where we're out of the way. Because a lot of times that's the hard part is we, we get in God's way, Right. And so the third thing, real quick, is appreciate today the value of a good legacy. Charles Keatering, who was an inventor, he stated this, the greatest thing this generation can do is lay a few stepping stones for the next generation. There's great joy in taking others to places they've never been and to heights they've never dreamed possible. And as a leader, you have the opportunity to do that. But you also have to be not intimidated that those people might surpass you. You might take them to a place and they might get really good at it and might be better than you. So you have to be okay in your own self, in your own giftings to be, that's all right. That's awesome. I'm so happy for you, you know. So how do you create a positive legacy? I know you guys have probably heard this before, but what a great reminder today. A couple things is this, your attitude. The Bible says our attitude should be like what? Like Christ Jesus, right? <sighs> who endured the cross, right? Our attitudes should be like Christ Jesus, who gave up his life for others. He set aside his dreams and goals and aspirations, right? And said, not my will, but your will be done to his father, right? And so that's our attitude should be that. Another thing to create a positive le legacy is perspective. We have to get out of our own viewpoint and get God's perspective on what he's wanting to do with our life. Because it really is his life. When we said yes to Jesus, we signed on that dotted line that said, right, I'm yours, Lord. <laughs> do we? Have you guys ever sung that song, I'm yours, Lord? Have you thought about that in the entirety, just those few words? I am yours, Lord. That means whatever he wants to do, wherever he wants us to go. That can be tough, right? But again, if you want to be somebody who leaves a legacy, you've got to have that perspective and be okay with his vantage point. And the third thing to encourage you with this is humility. If you're going to leave any kind of legacy, it can't be about you. It really truly has to be about Jesus, right? 
You have to be humble in your leadership and loving others. And that itself will leave an imprint. All right. So you can be effective already just with these things. These are personal things that you can do within your power. You don't have to have a certain title to do it. You don't have to have, you know, all these credentials. You can just do these things as an individual wherever you are. How cool is that? Yeah. I love that. D. Elton. I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, humility. Yep. No problem. And thank you. If anybody else, if I'm going too fast, I'm trying to be careful of the time and everybody doing good. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So, um, D Elton Trueblood, who was an educator, he said this, we have made at least a start in discovering the meaning of life when we plant shade trees under which we know full well, we will never sit. How beautiful, how beautiful is that? Let me read something to you. Um, it's called the bridge, the bridge builder. And it's out of uh, one of John Maxwell's books. Um, so, and it goes like this. An old man going alone a highway came at the evening, cold and gray, to a chasm fast and deep and wide, through which was full, flowing a sullen tide. The old man crossed in the twilight dim. The sullen stream had no fears for him. But he turned when safe on the other side and built a bridge to span the tide. Old man, said a pilgrim near, you are wasting strength with building here. Your journey will end with the ending day. You never again must pass this way. You've crossed the chasm deep and wide. Why build you the bridge at the eventide? The builder lifted his old gray head. Good friend. In the path I have come, he said, there followeth after me today a youth whose feet must pass this way. This chasm has been made not to me, to that fair-haired youth may a pitfall be. He too must cross in the twilight dim. Good friend, I am building a bridge for him. All right, everything that you're doing, regardless, again, of your role or your title, your job, you're building a bridge really for the next person because you probably won't be doing what you're doing for the rest of your life, right? Probably. It'll pro- you'll probably have another role, another job, another, you know, position in ministry. You'll probably. So what you're doing, if you can see what you're doing is building a bridge for those that are com- coming after you, how beautiful is that? You get to create that. You get to leave the legacy. You get to leave the imprint that God has given you on that place. So what kind of bridge are you building? It's a great question for you to ask yourself today. Are you making the most of your leadership wherever you're at? When you look at your life, are you making the most of your legacy and your leadership? So now here we get to the practical. All right, so we talked about personal, honestly, things that we can do in our lives, ways to live that will make an impact. But now let's talk some practical ways. So how do you heighten your effectiveness wherever you are? That's a great question. So here's one way that you can do that. What is one thing that you do better than anybody else to help your team or department be successful? What is one thing you do better than anybody else? So that's something you're not going to be able to answer today, but you need to, after today, come back to these couple questions and really pray about it and ask yourself that. You need to find what it is 
that makes you special and makes you unique, different than those that you serve with. Because that's what's going to make you special. That's where you're going to be able to make an impact that specifically has your handprint on it. Number two, what am I good at that I can become great at? Identify those things in your life that, yeah, I'm really good at this, but I can become great in this area. That's huge. All right. And the last thing is, What's the one little thing I can do in my organization or team (laughs) that no one else wants to do? (laughs) What's the one little thing I can do in my organization or team that no one else wants to do? Now, that one might be a little tough to ask yourself, right? Anybody, that might be a little challenging, right? But again, if you want to make an impact where you're at, that, that'll give you a way because nobody else is wanting to do it. And it's a need. It's, it's a blaring need for your church or your ministry or your office or where nobody wants to do it. Well, guess what? You can figure that out, right? You can make that happen. And all of a sudden you'll watch as God begins to do things in you that you never thought he could because you gave him an opportunity to use you. So in your workplace, The interaction that you have throughout the day, it will either build up the culture or break it down. All right? So your interaction will either build up the culture or break it down. It either blesses people or burdens them by adding drag to working with them. So have you ever thought about that? As an employee or a co-laborer or a team member, have you ever thought about how do I impact the team? How do I come across? Do I add to my team? Or do I bring burden? Or do I bring frustration or stress? Right? These are things that you can evaluate yourself. And if there are areas that you're like, oh man, I might need to change some things. Man, the Lord is so loving and gracious, right? To teach us and to train us and to help us be better, right? So that we can really add to the team because... If we're taking away from the team, then guess what's not happening fully? We're really not really moving where God wants us to move, right? Because then the leader or whoever's having to take time to figure this out over here, if then if we would have just done it on ourselves with the Lord, wouldn't be an issue, right? So each day when you go to work or your ministry or whatever, whatever that is for you, because I don't know exactly who I'm talking to um, in this group, but who, wherever it is, it fits for all of us, right? You have a choice. And how you approach it. Mm, The power of choice. Will you honor God with your attitude and be, as Paul writes, a worker who does not need to be ashamed? You see, being a culture builder, and that's the term that I love, being a culture builder is how you're going to make this impact. Being a culture builder. Culture is your environment that you're building, the sense of the feelings around, the relationships, the core values, right? That that creates a culture. And you, me, we want to be culture builders, right? So no matter how healthy or dysfunctional your work culture is today, you can choose, again, you see the power that we have? We can choose by the power of Christ, right? It's not us, it's him in us, to become a culture builder. We can go in as light, 
and change. We can come into meetings and instead of being stressed out and frustrated, we can come in having spent time with the Lord and full of His Holy Spirit, right? And we can come into a meeting with joy and, and not heaviness and not burden, right? Mm. You can be somebody who blesses every person who crosses your path from senior executives to entry level employees. You know, and I'm going to stop right there and tell you something. Um, this past summer, I went to a, a prayer retreat where it really focused on teaching how to like have Sabbath and how to slow your life. Um, and I'll tell you, I was super convicted because I've been in ministry for over 20 years and I grew up um, being trained in ministry from some pretty large ministries that have done some pretty awesome things. And so we were very driven. I've been very driven in ministry. And so on the, the highway of ministry, as you would maybe give a visual, I've just been like, you know, just racing along. And this summer when I learned that, and I know this might sound silly, but I always thought that honoring the Sabbath was going to church on Sunday and fulfilling that. I didn't really truly understand the fullness of what Sabbath meant, which it meant rest for your soul. And after I realized that, I was so convicted because I'm like, man, Lord, all these years I've been unintentionally dishonoring you, not on purpose. And I didn't feel like, you know, he wasn't condemning me, but I really felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit like, man, I've really missed it. I've been in ministry and I've been doing really good things for you, right? Just racing. But I wonder sometimes if those things were good things, but maybe not God things, you know? And so I, it, this whole weekend taught us how to slow down and to, and to listen and to, and again, it's not about spending time with the Lord. I was having my quiet times and things like that. But when it talks about your soul, Sabbath, what fills you? You know, for me, it's taking walks. For me, it's playing tennis. I love reading. Those things fill up me. And I wasn't doing that. I wasn't making any time for that. I was making time for the Lord, and I was making time for taking care of ministry. But as far as me as a human being, I was a, I was doing really good at human doing, okay? Like, really good at that. Wow. But the, the human being part, I was not doing good at. And so I've been in this process over the last few years of slowing, all right? And the reason why I tell you this is um, a couple weeks ago, I was with somebody and we were, we were talking and, um, they're fairly new to our church and, and, um, long story short, they've been hurt by some other things. And at the end of our conversation, she said to me this, and these are the words that now like haunt my soul in a good way. But she said, thank you for taking the time along the side of the road for this broken down car. And she had no idea where I've come from, what the Lord's been doing in me, the visual that he gave me. She had no idea of that. And for me, that was the Lord saying, I got you right where I want you, you know. And and after she said that, I was like, how many people, how many opportunities, how many things have I just sped fat by that were, again, these were good things. But God, they maybe weren't you totally, your, you know, your perfect will, right? Um, and so sometimes in the fast pace of ministry, you got to get outside of the road. And so I want to be somebody who builds culture like that, right? Who has the time to stop and talk to somebody and pray with somebody and not because I have to get going to the next thing, right? How many, <laughs> yeah. So this has just been good for me, even as a realignment. 
as, as a pastor and somebody who just wants to love people, right? I want to see people. Um, and so if you can do that, if you can see people and not necessarily the job or the responsibility and, and try to change the culture, you're going to be so impactful wherever you're at. You know, even the smallest attempt to add value to the life of your staff will make a difference or to the life of your team. The smallest thing that you can do for somebody else, a kind word, a note, just letting them know what you see that they're doing well, praying for them, praying with them. I mean, these are things that we can do practically as a part of a team that will bring lift, that will literally live on after you. So here's a question for you. What would happen tomorrow if you walked into your workplace, fired up to build a healthier culture, and create a more joyful Christ-honoring work environment? What would happen if the next time you show up and you just you come in and you're fired up and you're just full, you're overflowing because of what God is doing in you at the time that you spent with the Lord? Can you imagine what that would add to your team, your staff, your coworker, where imagine, because guess what? Regardless of how they are, you're going to spread to them your joy, your love, right? Your excitement, your having been with the Lord, that is going to rub off on them. And again, it doesn't matter the title. Sometimes those that are above us are stressed out and overworked and, you know, they need some of us that are in the lower positions to come alongside and go, hey, what can I pray for you about today? Or sending them notes of encouragement. Man, pastors need encouragement, you guys. Are there, are there any lead pastors in the room? I, I wouldn't, okay. Yay. Awesome. So, your lead pastor, whatever church you attend, desperately need your words of encouragement. If you think it, email it. If you're like, man, I should tell the pastor that. That was so good. Or that sermon was so good. Or that word was, do it. Because they're getting bombarded all the time with negativity. The enemy is trying to get them. And so, and then they're here, they're hearing all the other stuff from some of the congregants that don't like this or that or whatever, right? So you right here, all these people in this room, it's awesome. You can be even that impact. That's huge. You know, to give really positive, life-giving feedback to your pastor. That can change things because you have no idea what they carry. 2 Timothy 2.15 says this. Work hard. (laughs) Don't you love that? Love it. Work hard so that you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of God. God wants us to be a good worker. He wants us to be a good employee, good team member. Because again, we show him wherever we're at. So here below are a couple things in building culture building leaders. They empower, and here's some ways that they can do that, all right? Number one, they connect rather than withdraw. So if you want to be a culture builder, which I think everybody here wants to, you want to make an impact. So connect rather than withdrawing. All right. You can't lead anything from an office. So if you have a job and you have others that are below you, get out of that and connect with them. Right. So connect rather than withdraw. Number two, 
build chains of empowerment, not chains of command. What do you think I mean by that? What's the difference between chains of empowerment versus chains of command? Can somebody help us out, differentiate that? Yes, way in the back. Mm, so good. Absolutely. Yeah. Instead of just setting chains of command, this is how you do it. You empower other people to do it, and then they can create that themselves, and then it builds buy-in, right? You have to release people to lead at their own level, and that's difficult. I've come out of a season where we've we've released the children's ministry. We, we now have a director of our kids' program um, where I'm still over the children's ministry, but he's a young man who's been interning with us for a few years, been training, so we've released it to him. And I'll tell you, it's tough because I can look sometimes and I see his 75% and I'm used to my 150%, right? And that can sometimes be like, wow. But I have to tell myself it's okay because he's not me. It's a different season. God is having me do different things. And so this is still really good. The kids are still finding Jesus at the altar. The team that's serving with them love each other. All the things are still the same. It's just at a different percentage. And so sometimes you have to release people to do it in their own. And he's still growing. It's not like, I mean, he's probably, he's 25 years old. So it's not like he's got it all figured out. Well, none of us do, right? But as far as experience, he's still young in that. So he's going to get there. And the prayer is that he'll be better than, than I ever was. You know, so we want to build chains of empowerment. We want to empower people to do what they can do. Number three, concentrate on the success of others. Nothing is greater than when you can celebrate someone else's success. Oh my goodness. If you're on a team and one of your teammates, they get some sort of honor, man, celebrate that with them. It's not a competition. Life isn't a competition. We make it one, but it's not supposed to be. We were all created differently on purpose. Everybody at your table looks different. You have different color eyes, different color hair, skin tone, size. Why do you think that is? Because God made us. Well, first of all, we're all made in the image of God, and God is super awesome. I mean, look around the room. I mean, we all bear his image. How cool is he? Talk about creativity, right? I mean, he's, yeah, we all, I mean, he is one cool, awesome, amazing God because we're all so different, but we all have a special calling, special anointing. You can't do what the other person at your table does because it's for you. So concentrate on the success of others. Number four, oops, I switched. All right, exercise the power with, not the power over, okay? So much better to do it with people than hovering over them, all right? Number five, tell people what needs to be done, not what to do. Ah, yes. Here's what I'd like you to do, and then let them do it, not do it this way, or. That doesn't free people up. Failure, you guys, failure's not fatal unless you let it be. And really, the only true way to succeed is to learn how to fail. I mean, the greatest businessmen in the world failed a whole lot. I mean, that you only learn in failure. You don't learn when you're at the mountaintop. Ooh, yay, this is awesome. You're not learning anything. You're just celebrating. 
you learn when you've messed up, you've blown it, you're in the valley, and you're going, okay, now we don't want to do that again. That's when you learn, right? All right, so number six, focus on employee or coworker, whatever, strengths. Focus on their strengths. Number seven, express gratitude. Number eight, make people feel like they matter. Even if they're a coworker, make them feel like they matter. Again, you know, just because you're not the boss and you're not the person that's in charge of the meeting doesn't mean you can't make the, them feel good about themselves. All right? You can do that as a person and make that difference. Number nine, emphasize positives even when dealing with negatives. All right? And that's huge. If anybody here has ever been dealt with wrong when somebody's had to confront you, you know, ugh, that's terrible. So, so learn how to love people and encourage them if you have to align some things. Do it in a way that will bring about the positive result you need. Number 10, use we, ours, and us. All right? When you're talking, it's us. We're doing this together. It's not you, you, you. All right? Number 11, show interest. In their life, who they are. Are they married? Do they have kids? What do they love? Think about that right now. The teams that you're on, the people, the coworkers. Do you know them? Do you know their families? Do you know the stories? Because if not, why? Why are you that you're there to, to, to know them so that you can be a light? Okay, so. We have just a few minutes before I want to do something else. So um, can I have somebody or a couple of people help pass something out? Maybe a couple more people. Um, This is a quote that I'm sure a lot of you have heard um, over the years, and and maybe if not, um, we'll wait till everybody gets passed out. But when, when talking about being an impact and just making a difference in the world, this really sums it up. And it's coming around. It's a bright yellow Um, piece of paper that's coming around and it's called our deepest fear so how many have heard the quote uh, that goes along with it okay awesome this is gonna be new for some of you I'm so excited all right how's everybody doing still you you still tracking with me is this is this good is this encouraging you okay good because we want to make sure that we're getting that accomplished today. All right. So this is, this is one of my favorites. Um, so we're going to read it. I'm going to read it. And as you look through it, I want you to circle something that stands out to you. All right. It could be a phrase. It could just be one word, or maybe it's a couple phrases. All right. So as this comes around and, and we read it, just circle what stands out to you and then we'll, we'll go from there. All right. So, all right, so we're going to start, and I guess a few more. Oh, we got a few more people. (laughs) All right, thank you so much for passing that out. I appreciate it. So here we go. So it starts off with this. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Hmm. Actually, who are you not to be, is the question. 
You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people the permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Wow. That is huge. There's so much. I mean, this could be a sermon series right here with all these things. So much. So if I could just have a couple of you maybe just share, like, what stood out to you or what part of that did you circle as I read through that? Yes. Who are you not to be? Yeah. How many times do we, in our own self, question, right? Or the enemy sits there and says, oh, yeah, you're not good enough. You've sinned too much. you made too many mistakes. You don't have the schooling. You don't have, you're too young. You're too old, right? Who are we not to be, right? So good. All right, anybody else? Who else would like to just share? Yes. Wow. That hit me. Because, again, sometimes I think we think humility says, well, we have to be lowly and, you know, like all closed in. And it's like, no. We do need to be humble, realizing it's him. But we're supposed to shine like the stars in the universe, right? That's no small thing. If we really want to make the impact, the legacy of Christ, right, we're going to have to be known. We're going to have to be out there. That's okay. You're not doing it for you. You're doing it for him. That's really good. Who else? Like two more. And then we'll move on. Yes. Mm. Yeah. As we're liberated, it liberates others. Think about that for a minute. Long ago in my life, I had some issues that I, not that I don't have issues, I'm still working through, but these particular issues, um, I had a lot of anger and bitterness and resentment and things growing up with, with my family, my parents in particular, and I had to work through forgiving, ugh, like big time. And um, once I got to a point where, and again, sometimes healing and, and forgiveness comes in layers. So, you know, you can get really good and then God will be like, okay, another layer, you know. But one of the things that stuck with me is God had said, you have been set free now to set other people free. You know, and it's that whole thing. Like, God wants to liberate you. He wants to free you of whatever is hindering you in your personal life so that you can free other people, right? You need to be who you need to be so that then you can go, hey, guess what? I used to deal with that or struggle with that or I used to be insecure and I used to feel, but now God has changed me and now, right? So that you can liberate other people. That's what, that's what it's for. That impact is there for a reason. But you have to see the value in yourself. You have to look in the mirror and really believe that you are a child of God. Regardless of what you see looking back. Because sometimes when we see what looking back, it's like, man, right? We can be ashamed or we can be just disheartened about our life, our choices, right? God loves all of us. We're not perfect. We will never be perfect until we get to heaven, right? 
but he wants to use us. But we have to see that we're valuable. It really does come back, it comes down to that. If you know who you are in Christ, then you really, it doesn't matter what comes to you. You're just going to love people and you're going to make an impact, right? Because that's your heart. And I believe that's why you all are here today is because you have that heart. So I wanted this to be an encouragement to you. And, you know, it's something too that you could even take to your prayer closet because each of these segments are so different. And you can even ask your Lord, ask the Lord, you know, when you're away from here today, what parts of these do you need to allow him to heal or grow, you know? Because he really wants us to know that we are powerful beyond measure and not because of our own self. It's because of him. So I know you guys want to be culture builders. And we're almost finished because I want to leave some time for some questions. Um, but so qu- quit playing small. Don't relegate yourself to the back of the room when you belong in the front. Don't relegate yourself to the side chairs when you belong at the table. Don't relegate yourself Don't relegate your voice to the background noise when your voice should be heard clearly, all right? You can lead from any chair, from any position. You can lead. You don't have to be the top person. You can make an impact exactly where you are. You see, leadership emanates from using your influence to affect change. Be the one because you are the one. And, you know, at the beginning we talked about the power of one, right? There is such power in that number, but you have to say yes to being that one. All right, so good stuff, you guys. I'm so glad that you were here today. Thanks for listening. But are there any questions before we dismiss? Is there any questions that you guys might have um, before you head out to the other session? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I got one right here. Yeah, no problem. All right, so no questions. Okay, well, wonderful. You guys, I hope this was encouraging. I hope that you got a lot out of it. And so go ahead and be that impact to the world. Thank you guys so much. Thank you.